Well, hello, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. Listen, it's me, Jake Johansson, and this is episode 80 of the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. Uh, listen, that's what I wanted to tell you. That's why I said listen. Yeah, listen. You're already listening. You downloaded this thing and you're listening to it. Thank you. It's episode 80. I'm Jake Johansson. I want to kind of try and get down to it this week because I've got a pretty a substantial conversation with a guest who's been a guest on the show before. The suspense is killing you. I know that. It's Greg Barrett. It says that right on the thing that you downloaded the thing from. I don't know why I was acting like he didn't know who the guest was. But maybe you just, maybe you just download these and they just go right one into another and... Uh, you don't know who the guest is until I tell you who the guest is. So that's who that was for, in case you're wondering. I'm trying to get inside your head way too hard right now. Hey, um, Greg is the guest this week. We're going to have a big uh, big conversation. He, I wanted to talk to him because he had this idea, or we had this idea. We came up, there, there's an idea for a live show that we get around to that I hope people are going to be able to come and see. That doesn't happen until it weighs into the into the uh, episode because we start off. There's a little bit of bathroom talk at the beginning, and it can't be helped. I, I, my instinct at first was to say, oh, I'm going to apologize for this, but it just couldn't be helped. That's how we started off, and that's that's what you get to hear. And I think it's important for you to understand how these conversations sort of grow from uh, from the beginning to where we're going. Hang on. My daughter's at the door. Right. No big deal. She just wanted to borrow a test tube. I don't know what's going on out there, but I'm going to find out. After I get done talking to you. So, yeah, the whole thing is you get to find out how these conversations happen. So we talk, We start. I went over to his house. I drove to the valley. He wasn't there when I got there, and so he was a little late. But we'll, you'll hear all about that. You'll hear all about it, ladies and gentlemen. This is an episode where I can really say, honestly, if you're on the treadmill, crank it up. It's going to be a good time. I don't, th- I don't think you can stay on a treadmill for this whole episode, but that's, I'm throwing that down as a challenge to you, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. Um, hey, Wait a second. This is when I tell you where I'm going, where I'm coming to. I'm, I'm on my way. I'm off to Edmonton. That's this week. If you're listening to this right now, right after it got downloaded onto your thing, January 23rd through 26th of 2014, I'm going to be in Edmonton, Canada at the Comic Strip. So please come out to the Bourbon Street and the West Edmonton Mall to the Comic Strip and see me this weekend. If you miss that, no problem. I'll be in Texas January 29th to February 1st at the Addison Improv in Addison, Texas, which is basically Dallas, Texas. It's out. It's a. It's a connected part of. It's connected to Dallas, but it's its own. It's its own city. They pay taxes. They're allowed to name their place whatever they want. Um, the Addison Improv January 29th to February 1st, February 13th through 16th. That's Valentine's Day. And I'm going to be at the Columbus Funny Bone in the Easton Town Center, Columbus, Valentine's Day, February 13th through 16th. Come on out and then have sex after the show. That's that's uh, that's a dream, a wish that I have for you. That's not a command. You can do whatever you want. It's a free country. Speaking of which, what's more free than Texas? Texas is a great place. I'm going back to Texas in February, February 19th to 22. I want to be in Austin, Texas at Cap City's Comedy Club. It's a great place for a good time. I haven't been there in a while. If you if you could really, I would appreciate it if you could make the effort to come out to see the to see the show there while I'm there. It would help me out. I'd consider it a favor, and I appreciate that. I feel like that's the kind of friendship we have right now. So I'm going to get around to uh, to my conversation with Greg in just a minute. I was telling you about the idea for the show that we had. We start off with a little bathroom talk. It kind of moves into some other areas, and then we get down to it. We we we, we I've, I feel like we've come up. We finally, you know, we cracked open a good idea. We we were just going to have an egg. And it turned out there was a good idea in there. And uh, 
here's some here's what you're going to need to know because you're going to get frustrated as we're t- having this conversation. Here's a definition for you. Capricious. Do you know what that means? I didn't know exactly what it meant. It means given to sudden and unaccountable changes of mood or behavior. Synonymous with fickle, inconsistent, changeable, variable, mercurial. I like that. Volatile, unpredictable, temperamental, capricious. There you go. Um, You learned a new word before I learned it in this conversation, which you will see that that's going to happen later on in the show. So I feel like I've kind of brought you up to speed. Here's another thing that I will tell you. Uh, Later on in the episode, we talk about me listening to Greg Barrett's episode of the great Tom Rhodes podcast, Tom Rhodes Radio, which is also on the All Things Comedy Network, which I'm on. So please check out Greg on Tom Rhodes podcast if you want a little backstory to some of the things that we're talking about on this episode. I know it's a lot of homework, but look, you're on the treadmill. And hey, look, I know not everybody's on the treadmill. I know some of you people are at work right now. I know you got your headphones in and you're pretending that you're listening to some kind of Zig Ziglar motivational speech or or or, or something that you have to list some training tape that you have to listen to for work. I know I know you're I know you're screwing the man right now. I know some of you are. And so in your case, you don't have to crank it up. But look, do yourself a favor. Tighten your buttocks from time to time. Get a little exercise. It'll help you out. Shake your legs around. You don't want to get that thing where you have a blood clot release and it's all over and you don't get to hear the end of this episode. Believe me, you don't. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks for listening. Here's my conversation. Ladies, here we go. This is it. Greg Barrett. I'm ready. I'm going to pull the trigger on this. Where is that stupid trigger? I'll get us a cup of coffee as we as it. Yeah, that sounds good. It. I feel like it shouldn't make that much noise, but it's a really loud coffee maker. It's for its size. Uh, it's too. It's making a kind of a dribbly old man. You know, yeah. taking a leak kind of a sound. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you're so you're standing there for so I, long I, waiting for that. I don't even That's, know. If, it's I, like I, you drive to Niagara Falls and it's not even on. <laughs> I don't even know if I should now tell the story that you just reminded me of, but yesterday I was in the bathroom. I got off a flight, and I was standing at the urinal, and as you do sometimes, I just let one rip. And the guy next to me goes, that must have felt good. <laughs> the fuck? You know what doesn't feel good is you calling me out on my gas. And then he, <laughs> Did the rules of the bathroom change a little bit? I thought we were supposed to ignore what happens in here. There's not any heckling or... Call me. Right, I don't need a boy. I don't need I don't need a color man when I'm in the Yeah, did you, did you? And then he said he said, you know, I had one once. I was like, wait, how is this where are we going? I I that wasn't when I farted, it's not I'm not saying hello. That wasn't me starting a conversation. Hey. You were it talking was, out of your ass. That's what he that's what he it means. Just, I mean, he was and he was like I don't he could was probably about 15 years older than me he's like a 65 year old guy mm-hmm. right and he was i mean he was nice it was just a weird thing and maybe it was maybe it had to be spoke of i just i i've been in similar situations where i just keep staring at the wall well i feel yeah i feel like that's not a way that's not a conversation starter like you hear somebody fart and then you comment on it to right. them to a stranger right. i mean yeah. if it's your friend sure yeah. i think and i mean I'm it's not important gonna, to get these rules down i always said i'm not right look it was it was unusually it was a it was a bigger than a, it was bigger than it was smaller 
in terms of that. So, I mean, it was, you know, probably alarming. But even then, I've heard guys, it's, I'm like, well, I just shit himself. Like, and I've just still stared at the tile. Oh, well. Especially if I think that might oh, have happened. Where they're in the st- or, well, I've heard them when they're in the stall. Oh, yeah, and I, yeah. you almost want to say, holy cow. Well, the, I mean, there's the, kids in here. Right. <laughs> What bothers me sometimes in the stall isn't so much what's happening, what's coming out of their, uh, you know, what's happening in their bottom. It's the, it's the grunting or the moaning. The power. There was a guy standing next to me peeing one time that was going, and I was like, dude, are you peeing shapes? Like what? Are different colors coming? I feel like that to me though, that's more about, uh, it feels good to finally be peeing. Yes, I think there was some relief in that, but then it, it's continued longer than it needed. Because usually it's uh, that first moment of, okay, there we go. But this was, it just kept, there was a, he, air kept escaping. I mean, he may just have been deflating. From the top. Well, <laughs> he's, there's pressure going out on the bottom. Maybe he had to also release from the top to balance it out or something. Yeah. This reminds me of something that I, I didn't, I suppose I was going to confess to you, but I, I, you were, you weren't here when I got here. No, I, we, we'd, we'd made a date for 1 o'clock, and I showed up at one fifteen, one twenty. And I, yeah, I know. So that's like I, I had to pee in your hedge. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I was like, I, I thought I was getting in my car to drive home, and I was like, I got to pee. And I feel like this is fair. <laughs> I feel like this is fair. <laughs> whoa, whoa, that's okay. Well, um, I, I, I think it is fair. I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, just don't tell me which one. Well, the reason I sort of also confessed is because I thought, well, maybe your wife is going to walk around the yard and think, well, how did the dog get over here or something like that? Because it's very dry in the valley. Anyway, we we, we don't let the dogs out in the yard. So you're actually the only person. You would be the only one. She would want to know what man jumped, who peed here. Because the dogs are only allowed in the back. Yeah, and it's definitely, it wasn't a cat or a small, I mean, I had to go. But... This is great talk. I mean, I think anyone who listens to your podcast is stoked that we went on. I didn't even have to. Like, I was like, should I bring that up? But then I was like, I can't, you can't. When a guy says, you know what I mean? When a guy says to you. What did he say? That must have felt good. I, that felt good. You know, and it didn't. It felt it. It was. It was as shaming as it, if if I had done it. I don't like to do it in front of anybody. I, I always tell people I didn't want a bathroom in my house. I want an outhouse. I get the outhouse. I want to take it as far away from anyone that can associate with me as possible. I don't want to be known for any of that. And when you live with people, you're known for it. You know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, you have, I know. There's ownership. That is, that is part of the. That is the part of the being married thing. It's that the mystery goes out. Although we don't really watch each other. I mean, if someone's taking a pee, you can watch the other person. But I learned a long time ago in a relationship that you don't ever want to be in the same room when someone is taking a crap. You no. just don't want to. But my wife – now, this isn't really how I meant for this conversation to start. So it's, I might put the poop talk at the end because yeah, we, I feel we, like we, the other we, stuff is important. The other stuff is important. Is, but, this, but, this is but anyway, so my wife will go into the bathroom after me sometimes and go, you know, make some editorial like, wow, or holy cow, or geez, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I took a crap in there. That's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, it's sort of unnecessary to say, wow. <laughs> oh my God. That is, right? It's not like this is a new thing that's happening. Yeah. Right? Shit is really bad smelling. And that's what I, that's what happened. That's what I did. I mean, I wasn't trying to keep it a secret. Do you want to ask her how long she'd been human? Okay. So maybe, maybe you're, maybe this is the tip off that you're not from here because we, this shouldn't be new to you. Well, that's the thing is she acts like, 
like it's such a new, different thing to her from from what she's doing in there. <laughs> right, you I know? know? Well, and I tried to say, like, look, yeah. I've come in here after you, and I don't say that. How would you feel? And that's that's not a thing that people enjoy having I mean, said about them after they take a crap. Sure, like, look, I know. Sure. It smells bad. I know. Sure. I'm getting rid of it. You know what you say I'm to getting me rid next of time. It. You know you want you want because you know what they you know what the you know what the implication is there. Wow, men are really like nasty. And the next time she uses the bathroom, you just walk in and go, "Is your dad here? <laughs> your dad visiting? Because <laughs> your dad wow, well, she does cow. she does act like she is a different kind of animal in that sense. And it's like, look, we're yeah. all eating things, yeah. and uh, evacuating them, right? And so. That's the thing that's that's it's it's a waste product. There's nothing good about There's that. Nothing, yeah, that's why I said you know like oh, my thing is like, going to put that. I was just going to put cream in your coffee. That's, that's fine. not that's, a, how I, that's how I take it. That's why I have it. Um, the um, that is why uh-huh. I get the outhouse. I get the idea of a place that's just for that. That you don't you know, unless somebody else also has to go. You're not sure because you didn't see somebody came and went. But it's outside of the house. Yeah. Also, my. Oh my god! You know, people are going to think you're—they're <laughs> going to think you're unwalking the room. They're going to think that the tapes are switched, except for there's not somebody on the other side also calling me a dummy. <laughs> well, this, this, this I was is really about, walking the room fair. I was thinking about you as a guest on my podcast because now this is the third time you've been on. So you've been on more times than than everybody except for the guy who right. I started doing it with and, and my wife. But you're a good conversation. We have a fun time talking. Yes. So, but and, it's because you are who you are, and you are who you are on your podcast. Do you know what I mean? Right. So that's you can't, true. So, so I, can't, you can't, I can't escape it. I brought it with me. Neither one of us can. Tired. <laughs> Unfortunately. And neither can your wife, apparently, because... No. What I, happened in I am who I are am. Are you sick? That's what I try <laughs> and explain to her sometimes is, look, I get that some of the stuff that I'm doing is freaking you out. But just remember, you had a choice. I asked you, and you said yes. <laughs> you know, this is happening because of a mistake that you made. Oh I, I think my therapist has said the same. Our, our therapist has said the same thing to her. You know, yes, fair enough, but you did say yes. Right. Well, <laughs> you, you signed up. Well, at least you signed up for it. You know, I mean, this yeah. isn't, it takes, it, it, isn't, it isn't like, oh, I abducted you and then made a child with you. Right. And now we're in this situation. Right. You know, when you stay in the hotel and the pipes burst on the first night, you don't continue staying there. And when you do, then it's your fault. <laughs> well, my wife did. St- I was not the easiest person in the few first few years of our marriage to be married to. I don't know any dude that is. I can't think of the dude where I'm like, oh, my God, she's so lucky to have that guy. Like, I can't think of. Well, and it's funny, though, because in my opinion, my wife then went through the same thing after I started to kind of get in my head, look, we're on the same team. So I have to trust her. I have to allow her to be in a situation where she could emotionally or financially or whatever hurt me. Yes. And, and I kind of got right with that in my own head. And then when I started being nicer, she will have these trust things with, with me sometimes, you know, where, where it's like, I want to say to her, you know, you're acting like, you have to protect yourself from me as if, as if I'm as if I'm fucking you or trying to keep or, you know, fucking yes. with you or I'm trying to keep you yeah. from realizing your dream. When, in fact, if you look at the statistics, I'm making all your dreams come true. <laughs> Do you say it like that? Do you say all of your dreams come true? That was probably a little bit strong. And I'm gonna... <laughs> 
Maybe not all of them. I think that is just the condition of human beings living together for too long. I think that happens to people. In, I bet that conversation happens between two dudes in a band. Like, I think that you, oh, you think oh. I'm trying to hurt you. I'm trying to. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. Well, it's, it's funny because I think that band band is the closest thing to a kind of a a platonic relationship that has the yeah. intensity of a marriage because you have to stay together because you've created this other thing yeah, you that can these, only yeah, yeah, you exist these songs and, together. Yeah, right, as a group, right, yeah. which is the which is the one of the treats of being a stand-up, which is just you and your dumbass shit, and it's all your responsibility. You are 100% responsible for good and bad. Right, which is I'm loving it. I'm loving doing my acts. I'm having a resurgence of happy. That's interesting. Like, me too. When I walk on stage and I get to do the show, that's the most exciting, free part of my yeah. of my day. You know, yeah. and I really, I mean, not not to say bad about my wife, but just to to more talk about just the other yeah. part of my life. You're headed you know, to the, Wise Guys, the, by the way. Yeah, soon. Have you been there? Why well, we just got? I just was. I just did five. I just did San Francisco two nights in San Francisco with Garofalo, one night in Phoenix, and then two nights in Salt Lake City. And uh, I saw your poster up there. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I haven't been to Wise Guys before. I, I like it's it. Really good. The Salt Lake City crowds are awesome. I got to make a list of other places that I want to go that you might have been, and we can talk about that. Or not necessarily. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not here on the. Not, I think for for most listeners. They don't, they, don't really, do. they don't really care about <laughs> it. I mean, if do. you're in Salt Lake and you want to go to like that club. The, here's the thing I, I said to the crowd of Salt Lake. I said, you know, if you are not from Salt Lake and you're traveling here uh, to do stand-up, uh, a lot of people say, oh, boy, Salt Lake City. And they don't know what I know, which is that you guys are the right kind. Like, well, I don't whatever it is about here, you're the right kind of fucked up to be a crowd. So if the religion that you have here that's predominant is don't change it. Don't do anything different because you're a fantastic comedy crowd. Because some of you have to laugh, I I feel like, or you'll shoot yourselves. So you're out here for a whole different reason. You're not just out here to waste some time and have a laugh. Some people here are here for hope. You know what I mean? Or just to hear themselves and know that they hear themselves laugh to know that they're alive. And there's something about about their um, uh, generosity as a crowd and their... Um, they're just fun, man. Well, and I think sometimes they know they're being naughty, you know, because th- there's some very strict rules in the Mormon mm-hmm. religion, and there are a lot of Mormons there, and half of your crowd will be Mormon, but they wouldn't be there if they didn't think you were going to tell jokes and know, because it doesn't say Mormon comic, so you don't even have to pander to it or deal with it. But, you know, there's also, there's Mormon and there's Mormon, you know, of like course. just like there's Christian and then there's, there's Christian, right. super fanatic Christians. Right, right, right. And so, I think you're talking more about people who've been brought up in the Mormon religion yeah. and then are, they're not necessarily strict, but that's how they were brought up. And I would have to say from my personal experience of meeting Mormons and the, the contractors who built our house were Mormons. Yeah. They're just such honest, nice, you know, people. I've had that experience with both um, Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. I, I have a buddy. One of my best buddies is a Jehovah's Witness. Doesn't come up very often, uh, except for there's a lot of weird. Th- he can't come to bir- no birthdays, no birthday, no celebrations of any kind, mm-hmm. except they can celebrate an anniversary of a marriage. That's the one thing they're allowed to celebrate. But other than that, he's you know his life is he doesn't. I don't know much about what it is, but he's a, a hell of a guy. But dancing music, they can't have dancing or music, can they? Is that right? 
well, misunderstandings about religion. I that's think that must podcast. be because Michael Jackson was one, and he this guy is a surf guitar player and plays in okay, the surf. Okay, so their music is okay. I think yeah, yeah. Well, instrumental surf, maybe just the music of Michael Jackson and Dick Dale, and then after that, nothing. They just they had to pick two. You know what I like about this uh, conversation so far is it started off with poop talk, yes, and now it's gone into positive stereotypes about religious groups. <laughs> we are exactly. We went. We went to. We we took. We got away. We took my trip backwards. It started at the end mm-hmm. of my trip, and now we've gone back to Salt Lake City, and then we'll go to Phoenix for a day where we had a nice time. People are good there. At the Stand Up Live is where we perform. Janine That's, and I. I'm going to go there as well. I think great. in another whatever. Another great room sign. run by a really good guy, and he also owns a Tempe Improv, so you can do both of those rooms. I know there's there are some nice people, and yes. I'm trying to only associate with. <clears throat> The nice people. There um, seems to be a throng of people who get it. So you have the guy that's that's owning the helium clubs, the Portland helium, the Philadelphia helium, and now the Buffalo one, which I haven't been to. But he's doing a heck of a job. And then he bought Charlie Goodnights. And they oh, he did to, buy Charlie yeah. Goodnights. But so see he, that guy. That guy now is. Uh, I'm. I'm. I. I can't. Decide. This is a conversation that we can have off later the air. Yeah, 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 I get it. I get. I, get it. I feel like he's a fan, uh, or or he wants to book me. But then, the, we, anyway, we're all whores. We're just haggling about the price. Yeah, that's, we're just haggling about the price. I stopped a long time ago. What I've said is, can you get my flight? <laughs> that's where I'm at. And I'll see if I can get hugs and smiles after that. Well, I feel like I got to get my mind right about that too. Look, I got to find a way somehow to make enough money to pay for my bills, and then my creative doing comedy shows. I mean, that's a fun room. I want to go to work yeah. there. Yeah. The question is, I I feel like if if I'm not if if it's anyway if it's well, yeah yeah you know, we can talk about yeah that. yeah yeah who gives a shit about me and my <laughs> wait, wait, stupid but, check? I know, but here's the thing. It would be more daunting if you and I didn't have uh, career plans. If you and I didn't also figure out, or well, or, let's just be honest. I figured out what my escape hatch is, what my what my second act will be. Uh, you know, so that if I when as I transition from people not really knowing me that well to not knowing me at all. <laughs> I got well, no, you went through a period of people misunderstand having a misrepresentation. Yes. Uh, yeah. you, you were widely well known as something that you were not. Yes, I might as well have been widely well known as a zookeeper. Like it didn't really, it That's, did not I bring think, in. You know what? Let me just say this: you might have enjoyed that more. I think I would because I love the cheetah. Um, I feel. Like, oh crap! I've done that thing, twice. It's a problem, gonna, and this is really the backup plan anyway. So I, yeah. we, can, we can move that. <laughs> I kicked it three times. Yeah. Um, I keep crossing and uncrossing my leg. Uh, I do that too. Like I'm, uh, yeah. I used to do it. Like I used to bring it all the way. Well, over. that's how well, you get the. If you get the pants, you can get that extra st- little stretch in whatever yeah. this is here. I love that. Oh yeah. Um, I enjoy, yeah. I always enjoyed the Tonight Show when the animal guy would come on. You know, fantastic. Did you watch the documentary about Carson? That's on Netflix. No, I want. Is that the PBS one that was just came out? Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it's it. It's spectacular. Yet. I hear it's great. I, well, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but there is a scene, there is a clip involving the animal trainer and Ed McMahon and Johnny. And it's it's during a period where they're talking about how much everybody drank. And mm-hmm. you have to watch this clip. I won't ruin it for you. It's fantastic. It's really good. It's really well done. I did not find the Woody Allen one that interesting because I felt like it revealed nothing. But they really, mm-hmm. they Put this was a warts and all. Like it wasn't just yeah. in the end, you end up loving Johnny Carson for being Johnny Carson. But they don't profile him as the best. Per, you know what I mean? Like they they put it all out there. Well, just that there's this whole. That was from a time of show business where the me, everybody kind of upheld this idea that he is what you see. 
You right. know, they weren't always trying to reveal the other part or there were everybody didn't have a podcast and an Instagram and a Twitter where right. they could make a mistake and you would find out right. that they weren't what you thought they were. Right. That was a time. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it was and and they grew up in the Mad Men era. So they they grew up through that <laughs> because, social yeah. because no one could find out who you really were. You could really be different from your public you perception. Could go if you go away. To. When you think about how how easy it would be to just disappear back then. It'd be very hard to find you. Like, you could just get up and leave the dinner table, and you could just go away. Yeah. You know? Well, I had a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack, went out. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Ride and never I love back. Seeger. That's not Bruce. I know. No, yeah. Okay. I know. But uh, you can't do that anymore. You, you, They would find you in a second. I just... Yeah. Oh, I just heard a story about some guy that pulled that pulled that off that left and they just realized, oh, he had broken out of prison and then gone somewhere else and and confessed that he that he was that guy to right. one of his buddies. And then they were drinking. They got in some argument and his buddy was threatening to turn him in, kept threatening. Like, if you don't if you don't give me more than my share of the business that we agreed on, I want more of the money that we're earning together on this yeah. thing that we're doing. I'm going to turn you in for being for escaping from prison. And so the guy just goes, fuck that. Turn himself in. That's you get to a certain age where you're just like, fuck, you don't fuck me. I fuck me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he killed. No, he, he been- turned himself in. <laughs> he turned himself that in. Seems- he turned himself into the local jurisdiction, which was somewhere like Colorado or something. And he was he, he had escaped from Boston. But the, it was from so long ago that the prison records were not digitized. And it was pieces of paper that had gotten thrown away. So they're holding him in Boston because he confessed that he was this guy. Or they're holding him in Colorado because he fest- yeah. confessed. That, but the people in Boston can't really get their shit together to get the paperwork to extradite him. And so it's unclear really what's going to happen as a result of. Love it. I, well, here's the other thing I love is that, you know, a cop is saying to him, look, man. I mean, you were free and clear, right? What What are you doing? Why, why would you do this? Have you met fucking Brian? Brian's a dick, man. Fuck that guy. Okay. <laughs> no, but it was because Brian was trying to ex- extort That's- him, was ruining his life. Right, but, but he yeah. was. Ju- they were just threats. I would still go with, if I already had a prison record, I would be like, you know what? I'll just kill Brian and take all the money and at least get a couple more weeks out of this. You would kill him? Well, if I was going to go back anyway, I might as well go back for a reason. Yeah, I and don't Brian know. Brian doesn't seem like that good a guy. I'm gonna have to cross this bridge when I come. When I can't really say for sure what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't seem like I would just kill a guy. Though. I hate to. I mean, I'm trying to present a positive image, and I think that it's kind of based in truth because I can't commit to this murder I, right now. This imaginary murder that you're gonna that you're so ready to go like, yeah, I kill him, though, Jake. But that's but that's based on who you are now. You're a guy that went to prison. So what was that all about? Hey, there's misunderstandings. There's misunderstandings. But then why are you back in the game with Brian? Yeah. I don't know if you saw the movie. Did you see uh, Labor Day? Yes. I re- not so we don't know spoiler alert. But yeah, that's that's there's you know yeah you it's a, yeah it's a good movie. I th- I, well, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I li- but I like movies about people who are nice to each other. Yes, of course I do too. That's I right really in my, like that's right in my wheelhouse. The, the, right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, and uh, and uh, good performances by everybody. Yes, all around. High fives all around. Yeah, yeah. That's, was, I don't have an award that I give out beyond a high five. Is that right? But yeah, if you get a Jake Johansson high five? That's my highest. That's my. That's, that's, that's the biggest. That's goes. the biggest thing you can a give hug. a hug. You can get a hug, but, <laughs> yeah, but get, those are practically that's just, free. <laughs> you know? That's yeah. I mean, and even if and even if even if I didn't like your movie, but you're Jennifer Lawrence, I'll give you a hug. 
I love Jennifer Lawrence. Holy though. cow! And I love. I oh, haven't she's seen, great. Oh, you haven't seen? Have you seen Silver Linings pl- Playbook? Three times. Yeah, but I haven't seen the new one. I haven't seen the the Brad the Bradley Cooper. Uh, uh, I haven't seen uh, uh, the Hustle. American Hustle. But I, I will be returning very soon to uh, Hunger Games: Catching Fire. That's the second one. That's the second one. I saw the first one, and then I, ha- I haven't watched the second one yet. I, oh. Don't get me wrong. Who doesn't like children trying to murder each other? But it's such a sweet premise. <laughs> it's just, so sweet. Oh, my God. I, the first when, one, when, when I read the books before. When my wife tried to present the book idea to me, and she goes, you're going to love it, I go, I hate the idea of it already. Like, I don't want to watch a Lord of the Flies thing. And then I read it, and I was like, I don't know how they managed to pull this off, but they did. You're just all up in Katniss Everdeen, and you want her to do well. You do. She's the nicest of all the people that are being fucked in the Well, it starts each off other. with a powerful gesture of kindness that she goes to the death right. battle on behalf of her it's little the, kid's that's sister. That's in the film screenwriting playbook, Save the Cat, right? That's yeah. it. The first yeah. thing, even if she's a bad egg, she did something nice at the beginning, but she's just great. And then, and then also to just get it so right with Jennifer Lawrence where you're like, she has that thing where she's pretty, but she's not too pretty. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something... You could know her almost. She was in a class you had. Do you know I what I mean? I think she's prettier than you think she's pretty. I, I think she might. I, I think she's. But yes, I get it. She well, doesn't also, look like. I, a, I also can't think she's too pretty because she's could easily be one of my kids. Well, this is the weird thing about her because she made those two movies right next to each other: Silver Linings Playbook and then the the Hunger Games. And she in the Hunger Games she plays like an adolescent teenager, and then right. in the Silver Linings Playbook she seems like she's pretending to be twenty four years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's that's a thing where I kind of can't like one of those is bullshit, <laughs> and I think it's got to be the kid one. This is where yeah. we've shown this in Hollywood so often. Often that like here's some people in high school and they're all shaving and you know <laughs> they're twenties on birth 30s. control. It's like wait yeah. a minute, those aren't that's those don't look like high oh, school. Oh yeah, students. then you go to their IMDb pages and you go, that guy's forty six years old. He played, he's a high schooler. <laughs> but that's what happened to me when I first came to L.A. from San Francisco. I had that baby face and uh, I was twenty seven, but I kept getting sent out on my auditions by my agent for these like nineteen, eighteen year old. Yeah, parts, and I was. This is not. I don't want to be an actor to to pretend to do this. Yeah. You know, it's like the opposite of when you're in a high school play and you're pretending you're 45 years old. Death of a Salesman. It's the opposite of that. You come to L.A. and you pretend you're a kid. It's like this is the worst fantasy. Nobody wants to do that, <laughs> right? It's very. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's a, it, I, the life of an actor is not a good one. You know, I mean, it, it is for the very few. But for the most part, man, that is not a fun... But by very few, I would also include those guys that work all the time that you don't really... You don't know exactly who they are, but they're in a ton of movies. Right. Though, though, I think it's fun for those guys, too. I, but they always have to audition. Now, maybe they're guys that have talked themselves into it. Like Gary Cole. I, I was just going to mention Gary Cole. He's That's the perfect guy. Now, he's probably popped to a point where he doesn't. He's probably offer only at this point. But there's probably certain movies where they're like, I'd like to see Gary Cole. Here's the thing I always find weird about Offer Only is if I was making anything with anyone, I wouldn't just buy the part and assemble it and just hope it fits on the car. Wouldn't you want to see almost everyone's screen test? Well, and the thing about Gary Cole, in my opinion, is he's so good that he can go in and do a great audition. You know, he's not the guy who's driving home going, fuck, I can't believe I stuffed that up in the room. Right. You know. He's yeah. a guy who's going to go in and do a good job, and so when he auditions, he doesn't get the part. He knows he's going to get the next part or another part. Yeah, and it, and I think also at that stage, this is how sick show business is. They're 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 making you audition. They're not offering you just to just to see, just to kind of exert that like I made you come and audition. We both know that, 
You know, right. you were going to get the part when you said you would get in the car and drive over here, but I made you do it. You, you're my dog. I'm not, I'm not your dog. Oh, that's so true. That's, yeah. yeah, it's fucked up. And there are also people and, in that game who, like, there's also, like, a little bit of, um, what's it called? When you agree, you, uh, uh, not consensus, but um, when both parties agree to do something, they're both participating in it. Consensual. Yeah. Uh, Is that? Kind of the word. Conspiratorial. I, also, I would like to use the word capricious. It has nothing to do with no, what No, it I'm doesn't, but about. it's a good word. It's a super good word. What does that mean? mean? Capricious. Isn't capricious a little bit like um, sort of uh, spontaneous, a little bit kind of n- naughty, accidental? Oh, I like that. I, I don't know if that is what that is, but I like it. I don't either. This is the great thing about podcasts, too, is oftentimes you're down this like blind road where you don't know what you're talking about. The other person doesn't know what they're talking yeah. about. And you're both having these powerful opinions and people are listening to it going, these guys are wrong. <laughs> God, I have heard people talk about throwing, like tearing their headphones off or screaming at Dave and I because we'll be sitting there like a couple of old men just trying to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, people, yeah. But I also think that's part of the joy. It's like a, nobody's, nobody promised you we'd know what the fuck we were doing, did we? Right. We you don't promise look, that. Oh, that's in your I theme song, it, isn't I, it? I, I, yeah. I promise you that I know what I'm doing. You're not going to like it, but I know what I'm doing. I did this on purpose to you. I knew I didn't know what I was talking right. about. Complicit. complicit. Everyone is complicit. Mm-hmm. Everyone's playing a part. You know, there is, it's almost like this, it's almost like a, in bondage where there's a dominatrix and a, and a you know, and a submissive, mm-hmm. you know, th- there are those sort of directorial types and then they hire those, you know, everybody's sort of playing in that game because it would be very easy to go, by the way, you never get to talk to me like that again. Do you understand? I'm a human being and I won't, but there are actors that are like, well, I got to keep this job. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think there's a little bit of that in the world that we forget about casting that types of human beings go together regardless of the talent, of well, what it fulfills for those people, right? I think there are sort of two ends of the spectrum of that in show business. There are the nice people who work with the other nice people all the time. Right. You know, and then are the, there are the angry, abusive people who work with each other all the time. You know, there's the director that just loves yelling at everybody and hurting people's feelings and doing shit to the actors to make them genuinely angry. Right. And then there's actors who want to who get in that environment and they can thrive. And then there's the other people who like, hey, we're both artists and let's just right. uh, collaborate on this and you do your thing. Thing and I'll take a picture of it, and then we'll, it'll be awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so they, you find, you find the other people. Hopefully, that's what that's my theory. Although I, I kind of went down this hole of just being in the clubs for so long that I, that I lost track that I was even looking for the other nice people. I'm trying, I'm, I'm out there. Well, that's, that's why I'm here, Greg. Yeah, I get it. No, I, I get it like because I'm, the, the, I'm the same nice as you. People. Yeah, no, I think so too. And I also think that, the, yeah, that is one of the stand-up things of like you are in show business, but you're so miles away from show. But you're, you're doing, you're doing a show business thing. You are in show business for sure because you are performing, but you are miles away from the rest of the business when you're doing stand-up. It feels you're, like that. You're, you're with your business. That's my favorite thing, though, to say to the other comics on, like, Friday or Saturday night. Like, this is it. We're in show business. We're doing it. Right. You know, like, the Saturday early show, this is why you started doing stand-up. Is That's to right. get to be able to do this show. We're in show business. This is for real. These people paid money. It's not the kind of show business where the people who are going to pay the money in the future, maybe, if they think it's good, and now you're doing your work so far away on a set with some other people in a That's right. you know, truck full of donuts. This is the kind of show business where you got to get people to leave their houses and open their wallets and give you money right now, and then you do the thing. That's true. I haven't thought of it like so that. So there's a genuineness to it right. 
in my opinion, that, that, is, that is powerful and not to be demeaned by this concept of real show business is, is something else. 100%. I, I agree with that because you're looking at it as show business in terms of what show business is supposed to be, which is entertaining. And I'm thinking of it just in terms of where the business operates, lives, and where, and where the two different parties that you were just talking about, the nice people who do nice things and the shitty people who do shitty things, they're all pretty much down here at the factory, mm-hmm. right? This is like a place that makes... I, had to write, I just wrote this article for, uh, for the SF Weekly about Los Angeles, and I was saying, you know, the time war, you know, the time, you know, the, San Francisco, just stop hating us. We think you're awesome. And you, this is a factory town. It's no different than, than, than Detroit, right? Or Pittsburgh. It's a factory town, and the factory makes show business, and the people that work here, and all the different parts, they come to this factory floor. It's a giant – in fact, it's actually just a factory. It's an enormous floor in the, uh, 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 by the ocean, right? It's a dirty floor, and we all walk around. We all see each other. We all sometimes know or, or know of each other. Sometimes we run into each other at the commissary, mm-hmm. and nobody thinks it's awesome. Everyone thinks that the work is cool, but nobody's like, oh, my God. It's a factory. You're not the first person to use the factory analogy. So right. I'm just going to say, dream factory. <laughs> I mean, you know, people I, are making up dreams, and in the sense of like a, a dream is a fantasy. You know, right. like these these things that are being made in the factory are little bits of of dream. You know, sometimes it's a shitty dream or a not, you can't figure it out. And sometimes it's an awesome dream that you love, and sometimes yeah. it's a nightmare, yeah. which can be awesome in its own sense. But so, so you, so it's a factory. But the but the actual thing that's being made is is different than a car. Yes, a it is. Although not if you really broke it down to the sum total of its parts, it's no different for the for the author of a movie to be any different than a guy who, I mean, car designers are artists, right? And then everybody gets together to put that little piece together. And then someone has to, like a guy can't make a car on his own. A car designer though, that's, that's at the, that's at the artsy end of building a car. I mean, what I'm saying is there's that the guy who's in charge of hooking up the wire harness in the new Camaro is not fucking anyone in his trailer at lunch. No, no. The guy that, Right, but you're talking about the upper echelon because the guy that's wiring Tom Cruise into a belt to fly over the city, he's no different than the guy that's doing. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes, yes. And there's okay. a lot of that down here. I mean, I think what, the, what I was trying to make is that it is an industry town. It's not glamorous, and it's not it's not something to be angry at. It's not something to feel like. I feel like San Francisco thinks that LA thinks it's better than it, and LA oh, just by virtue of what we do here, because. San Francisco sees itself as being very artistic, and yet it creates far less. But now it's turned into rich internet. There's a lot. I love San Francisco. I still love going up there. I love the audiences up there. Yeah, yeah. But there are some rich internet douchebags up there now. Sure. And sure. and then finance. This whole finance thing that's everywhere now. Those guys. Those right. Those scientific bank math problem huckster. Yeah. People. Right. They're not making the world better. No, they're not. No. But you know the new industry is uh, is uh, uh, going to be um, childcare. The new industry is the service is uh, is home and child health service care, so that people because everyone has to have two nobody can have one not one person can be the breadwinner. Everybody has to leave, so the minimum wage has to get raised so that people can. Import, but that'll be the new industry is literally what happens with everybody when you leave the house. Look, here's what I want to say: if you're uh, if you're and working, it'll be mostly women. 
if you're but if you're working somewhere as a barista or 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 at some crappy job, if you're not making fifteen to twenty dollars an hour, mm-hmm. what you should do is start babysitting or cleaning people's houses because those jobs pay in L.A. between fifteen and twenty dollars an hour. Right. It's getting to the point where I feel like, hey, look, why are we hiring this person who kind of does a crappy job and barely speaks English to work for more than the person? Who, when I go down to Starbucks and order a coffee, why why can't why can't I hire one of those people? Why won't they do this job? Is it too hard? I don't know. It's harder. But speaking now, this is a good transition. Yep. To what we we're going to talk. Right. About. We, which we. Yeah. 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 Which is, you you've got you've got some ideas in your head. Yeah. I mean, I did love some of the things that you were talking about. You've got some good. You got your. You've got a good positive attitude. When I was listening to you talk to Tom Rhodes, <laughs> yeah, you've got a good positive well, it's, attitude. It's come around. I'm I'm having the same sort of, um, I, you know, uh, I'm having the same sort of re- uh, renaissance, if you will, with my stand. Not renaissance, but I'm, I'm enjoying the fuck out of my stand up again because I'm not asking it to do anything for me, and that's a really weird way of looking at it. But I've decided to go. Why don't I just go do stand up? Why don't I just stop trying to figure out where I fit in the, the where I fit where I fit? Why am I? Who gives a shit? What exactly what you just said? These people paid some money tonight, and they're sitting right in front of you. That's your job. I'm and selling a good time, of it. and you just paid money for it. Yeah, so and, let's have and a good gonna, time. And you're going to get it because I love this, and I don't want to get off stage. There were times where I was like, I cannot wait to get through this bit and get the fuck home. I would literally dream about what I was going to eat, my how I was going to eat myself to sleep in the hotel room, what movie I was going to watch, and what bag of something I was going to eat. Like I just wanted to get back to the hotel. Eat room. yourself to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> You tell your wife about that one. I've heard about drinking yourself to sleep. You but can do eat, it with you can do it with yourself sugar. to sleep. You eat enough Swedish oh. fish, you'll go to sleep. <laughs> I eat enough what? Swedish fish. That's one of what my is that's it? one of my favorites. You know Swedish fish, right? No. Of course you do. I know this is the guy who like heroin. What's that? Like <laughs> I, I said to Amir today, I go, you know, when uh, Will Farrell did this, the cowbell sketch and she went out I'm sorry, what? The cowbell sketch. Uh-huh. I don't the cowbell sketch. It's like the it's like one of the greatest sketches of all time. There's, t- there's T-shirts. It's a thing that people say to each other that they don't even know where it came from. Now. More cowbell is the yeah. – it's, it's almost the he's just not that into you of the comedy world. <laughs> anyway, so I just um, – yeah, I have been trying to like focus on um, like little achievable things that I can do to make my life better. And then I uh, – there's been – like I – I want to. I think I said this to you before. I want a place to rest. Like I want after show business. I want, I want to play. I want to go work somewhere. I don't want to never work, and I want a skill that I can have into my eighties. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't golf. I don't do any of that leisure stuff. I play guitar. I don't know that. You know, what if my fingers fail me or something? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be something that I'll do forever. I do love it though. But what if I learn how to cut hair? Like what if I owned a barber? Doesn't a barber shop just sound like a cool? Like and I wanted. You know, wouldn't? You, doesn't that sound? I love the idea of a place, you know, like they they talked about Starbucks as being the third place. It's like you you got your home and you got your bar, but right. that's, but Starbucks is the third place where you can go and have coffee. You don't have to. You're not drinking or having a thing. And that's and right. the barbershop in, in the black community, I think, especially more so, it's a, it's like a hangout place. And I love the idea of a hangout place where you know you could be and you'd have people coming to hang out. Some people just be hanging out. Everybody, people can't get their hair cut every day, but. I I responded to this conversation yeah. about the barbershop because it could be a it could be a place where people are hanging out. We could do, and then I, you were saying you cut your own hair already. 
right? No, I haven't done it. I want to. Oh, I, I thought you no, had you been, said you had. No, I, I haven't. I have been cutting my own hair already. Yeah. And then you were saying you wanted to learn, I, I guess. wanted to learn how to cut hair because my wife at one point, it was a friend of ours, and, uh, and my wife was like, well, I don't know why he, he, he's got illness or whatever, blah, blah, blah. She's like, why don't you just get a, go to barber college? My wife is really good with an idea. So why doesn't he just go to barber college, get himself a van, and go around and give people haircuts? And he, she goes, he doesn't have to be on his feet that much. He's super, he's got a mega style. He's a really handsome dude, very 50s looking. And she goes, he would just be the, people would love him. He'd be the greatest barber ever. It. It's like the dog groomer thing, though. It's a mobile, like he shows up in the yeah. van and you go out. Do you get your haircut in the van? Yeah, yeah, he has two out? chairs inside the van. Yeah, I, I love mean, it. I do too. You and cut then some I, slits in the bottom so you can just thought, blow the hair idea? right out of the van. But he's not going to do that. And I was like, why is that idea have to, idea have to be for him? I, well, it doesn't have to have be it? for him. And that's the other thing. You can't always get people to, like, it would be great to be the kind of life coach where someone tells you their problem and then you say, here's the solution, and then they have to do it. Right. But they don't. They don't. And they the don't thing is, whenever you make somebody have to do it, they, they won't like it. They won't. Even if you get them to go through with it, you'll never get them to see the joy in discovering their own idea. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of discovery in the past couple of months. I've also become obsessed with saving the cheetah, but that's for another time. So my wife would be down with that. You know, she's going back to school to for environmental studies. So, but we'll you're right. Sit down and we talk we about can that. sit we'll talk down. about that another. Yeah, because that's going to be something that I'm going to do with the, the next uh, phase of our relationship is yeah. more more these conversations, and then eventually we bring our wives and Into children the, yeah. in because our daughters are very close in the age, and we just got a trampoline. But oh my god, yeah, and we've talked about it. We've been talking about replacing the jungle gym with the trampoline or the playhouse, whatever they are. No, you if you buy a trampoline, that removes all my leverage. No, 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 no. We're not going to, it's never going to happen. We have to get rid of that thing first. That's never going to happen. There's a lot of things we talk about. that thing is a sledgehammer and a book of matches away from being gone. (laughs) Well, we thought we'd sell it to somebody, but we could just burn it. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, don't ever forget that. Um, So, uh, um, anyway, I kind of got obsessed with that idea of cutting hair. And, you know, I have my own particular haircut that I like. And and, uh, uh, We don't uh, have to be cagey about it. It's called the pompahawk. And it's just, you know, I shave the side of my head, but I keep the pompadour part of it. And uh, and, uh, I had a modified sort of a on this special that I taped. I cut the outsides really short. Yeah. I saw I, Will Anderson doing it, and I thought I, I can do that with well, a Floby. Sharp. And I, here's the thing: as an, as, an, as you get to be an older man, the the thing about it is your hair thins in this weird way where you don't you still have hair, but when you look at the side and you push it away, there's gaps in it just thins. But if you shave it tight, and it's just those little st- people don't know, and so it looks good, and then mm-hmm. you leave a little on top, but you just you just keep cutting it into the head, and you look better you look more adult mm. you look more rugged you look more you know what i mean it just long hair says i'm hanging on to something very few guys can keep the long hair old yeah my wife is trying to get me to grow it out to to like that beatlesy more length but i like to do it short i'm kind of going for this beard thing right now because it's yeah. kind of got out of hand and i'm letting it go mountainy yeah mountain man so that i can have a little transition later yeah but uh i feel like uh there's a lot of – you were advocating more – I'm trying to get back to that style thing that you were talking about, and I've made some cullings yeah. in my wardrobe as regards to that. But, uh, yeah, as far as hairstyles go, sometimes I, I think more in terms of, like, I'm trying to say that I don't care if you want to fuck me or not. <laughs> well, I – This is know, what I like. I like this. Well, that's the thing. You know, that, I'm you, happy. One of the, one of the great uh, – I think I said this – I said this on Rhodes' podcast, but one of the great things about life is when you finally just go – I just don't care if I make sense to you. It makes sense to me. The more I let go of your opinion, the more I get to have mine, and I'm going to show up this way. And it's that thing of like, God, if I only had that in high school. 
If I'd only had that high school go, you uh, know what? Playing football would be the right thing to do because that's the cool thing, but I'm not doing it, guys. I'm getting a guitar and I'm hanging out, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to hit anybody ever. You'd like to think if you went back to high school that you could clean up, but if the fact is you'd be too, you'd be too advanced for them to get. <laughs> Yes. yes. But I mean, my wife will and sometimes say a, something to me like, that doesn't, what you're wearing doesn't, it's not, so it's not, it's not good for you. And I would say, look, I've been dressing, people think I have style and I, they don't decide what is fashionable. I decide. The problem is you're seeing me wear this first. And when you see them wear it later, then you're going to think that I should put it right. on. But I'm going to be done with right. this when that happens. And that's the thing. What is not normal for everybody is uncomfortable until they get used to it and by then like you said you've moved on Birkenstocks with socks and shorts everybody thought that looked stupid until they saw rappers doing it I'm like it's no it's maybe not rappers but I have no. seen people in the community the older people but I get it. what you're saying no yeah. younger people I've I thought you meant me. like old ladies that wrap stuff in stores oh you mean like, <laughs> like, like gift wrappers yeah gift wrappers <laughs> I'm talking about gift wrappers <laughs> <laughs> they um yeah so my 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 thought was and I've always like I've I've gone I've made some moves to try and because I fashion is a thing that I'm obsessed with and so I was like oh I want maybe I want to make clothes the rag that that world is difficult you know the the world that Ralph Lauren lives in you know making clothes and designing clothes and putting clothes together it's a tough it's a tough <laughs> yeah yeah when your when your plan B is more complicated to get <laughs> off the ground than your plan A that's not really a plan B one hundred percent that's a new plan A that's that- <laughs> It took me a long time to learn that, Jake. It, the b- band was almost a plan A. You know what I mean? Like, that was almost not a plan. But the band, you know what I mean? Like, the band is, it, it, it's not hard it, it, to have a band, but you have to have low expectations. Like, if you, you let it be it, a fun hobby thing that may, something may happen 100%. or not, but then, then, then you haven't got any pressure on it. But if you exactly. make it like, hey, my new plan is I'm going to be a rock star. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. or, or like sometimes I'll hear comics go, well, maybe I'm going to start, I'm going to become a voiceover guy. It's like, there's already a shitload of voiceover oh guys. They're riding around in limos doing jobs in their little closet, soundproof closets at home. It's not like you can just walk to the front of that line. And they're trying like hell right now to keep their jobs because I don't know if you've watched a commercial without a celebrity voice on it. I mean, it's just like, there's Matt Damon, there's Krasinski, that's George Clooney. You know, mm-hmm. like it's the, now they're just I mean, those guys are getting all the big work. I mean, so that voiceover guy thing, if that's you thinking that's easy. Right? Well, Which I, it might be how I feel about bar. Maybe barbering is hard. My plan B is to become a celebrity. Um, <laughs> that would have helped. Because her. I think that might have helped with everything. Your, all actually, the other cards fall into place. <laughs> I know. I uh, so yeah. but I it's funny that you say that maybe barbering is. Harder than because I googled a little barber college. Have you done it yet? I've looked one up, but I haven't. Looked, I haven't investigated it. The so first one that comes up when you Google barber, I think it's barber college or learn to be a barber is is this place down in Long Beach, and and when you it's like a barber shop, the movie barber shop situation. Right. Everybody, it's it's a black barber shop. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And it, it looks it looks just awesome. But I don't. I got to believe that if you signed up for barber college there, it would not. It would be a tough road. It was like, hey, if you want to come to this school, show up in person and talk to us. That was that was sort of the opening. Oh, paper. you had to like you had to 
So, right, but there, you could, but you are could you look. saying there's already some dick swinging that has to happen oh, before oh, yeah. you go in? You got to, well, it's like, hey, you want to be a Navy SEAL, you better get down and do some push-ups in the surf. I mean, it does, to me, the idea of you and I going down and doing that thing at our age and in our position in life, I don't know if there's anything better than that. That's what I said to you the other day. This yeah. sounds like the movie Stripes, only we're going to barber college <laughs> instead of the army. Right. And I agree. <laughs> I think it's a good, I think it's a good idea. I mean... You know, the, somebody said that to me. They go, oh, well, I, I, somebody tried to make the uh, – um, they said, oh, you mean like the movie Barbershop? And then they're like well, – the somebody said, yeah, but that's that's a black thing. And I'm like, you know, I first off, it's not a black thing because everyone has hair. So there we go. Also, my dad worked at Caro TV in San Francisco, and he used to get his hair cut in Arts, which was in the bottom of the Jack Tar Hotel – and everybody from the hotel, everyone hung out. It was just guys, ball game on or whatever, playboys on the thing. And I, nothing cool about it. Like there was no hipster, let's put a, you know, because uh, I wouldn't want it to be hipster either. I would just want it to be maybe just pictures of cheetahs. No, you want it to just be a nice, it's a fun place where everybody's welcome. That's the thing. It's like, right. why, why does it's, it have to be a black thing or a white thing? Right. Like, and are you telling me we can't, it. are you telling me we can't start a funk band? <laughs> right. We could if we wanted to, or or we could play bebop. Like the point is, if we had a shop and it was just literally like a barber shop, like there wasn't because there's also there's the hipster. And I have tattoos and all that stuff, but there's that curly mustache, you know, palmade, you know, the hipster slash upscale. What I want is what you just said. We wear smocks. There's mirrors. There's there's combs in jars. It's clean, and it's cool. But it's not off-putting to anybody. I don't want to rule anybody out. Everybody's welcome. That's a great – that's a good sign to put up. Yeah. But this is the other thing. You can't control who's going to like a thing. No, you of course not. You can only control the thing. You can, we can control what we're doing. So we're creating this place where you can get your hair cut and you can uh, – we, maybe we're having a comedy show. Maybe we're mics. Maybe we have a conversation. People can ask us questions or, yep. we're, you know, whatever. It's, right. a, it's like a little hang. It's a hangout place. It's a hang. And, uh, uh, and you know, there will obviously be tchotchkes. There'll be T-shirts and uh, maybe merch. sweaters. Yeah. There'll be merch. I mean, I think, like, I bought a hat once in a uh, uh, at a place called Suburbia where I got my hair cut. And I was like, well, that was a smart thing. To, like, they gave you a haircut. But they're also like, maybe you want to wear a hat, too. You don't have to. It doesn't just, this doesn't just have to be about your hair. It could be covering your hair. So... In order to cut hair to, in a business, to yes. have a business of haircutting, you have to have a barber license or a cosmetology license. Now, right. the cosmetology, it's 1,500 hours to get your barber license, and right. it's 1,600 to get the cosmetology license. But I don't know, what, I don't know if that, how much better that is, but it's only 100 more hours. When I, went to, when, I went, when I was getting my hair cut at a barbershop, barbershop in Florida, where the guys were playing dominoes in the front, and it was all black, and the guy was cutting my hair, I asked him, and he said... I got the cosmetology license and I don't use it because I just want a barber. He goes, if you want to dye hair, Mm -hmm. esthetician stuff, it costs a little bit more. It's a little bit more work. I've never used it. I've never, I've never gone that far. He goes, if you just want to cut hair, get a barber, uh, you know, a barber's license, get do just do barbering. Well, so I okay. looked up – I was just doing a little math on my phone. I looked up the barber – this barber college, and I looked a couple of places, and it looks like it's going to cost between – I mean, maybe, there may be cheaper places to go than the first couple entries on that right. you get when you Google a thing. So, But it looks like it's going to cost around $15,000. A piece. 
each. Yeah. Okay. And well, we'll get a network to pay for that. And we're gonna. Yeah. Well, we, the thing is, and we're gonna have to show up five days a week for about uh, six or seven hours a day for for until we get to the fifteen hundred hours. So that's uh, that's a lot. It's a lot of showing up every it day. It is a lot of showing there's up. There's going to be a lot of days. What I'm saying is there's going to be a lot of days where the cameras aren't there, where you and I are going to be putting our hands into some terrible hair oh, yeah. on some people. No, I realize that, too. We're going to be making mistakes. There's going to be lice. Um, we're going to be cutting hair that is – because, you know, in your in your mind, you're like, I'm just going to do marine cuts. I'm just going to shave some mm-hmm. guy's heads. It's going to be great. Nope. We're going to be doing – probably learning how to do fades. Somebody showed me a haircut the other day, and it was a kid who'd had his hair cut into a pineapple. And he literally had all the triangles in the back and then the green on the top. Dude, I saw that on your Twitter this morning, and I just showed it to Belinda, my wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was actually uh, my friend Jean sent it to me, uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, who's an actress. And um, she – yeah, and I was like – I got to I mean if I could oh I would love to learn how to do that you know but the other thing is what I what I like the idea of is too is you know we'd have to do this work which is is hard work but we could find a time there's an off season or do you have to you can't decide when you go to barber college you have to go when they start and go right yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is when I started Googling and I saw, first of all, what it costs. That's that's not a cheap that's a lot. thing to learn how to do. Right. And the amount of time that we'll you make put it in, back in the first week. It's hard <laughs> to put that amount of time in as a hobby. And the and then you're going to have to take time off going on the road or doing any out of town gigs because you're going to be committed to this for however many weeks it is. You know. Well, here's the thing. I keep thinking. I always tell people this. I'm like, but what is the? It sounded end game? like it. it what is sound- the end game? If somebody shot us, if we did it, we made a documentary about it. If we or we just shot it and we learned how to do it, you know, the end game is okay. We took some time off to do this thing, but people are going to come out and see us because they know us from the hair cutting adventure. So we're investing in because both of us have talked about the fact that like we're we're both running on some steam from the past. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and then you know, but there I'm, are enjoying, things, I'm still enjoying my. No, no I, I'm not I, talking I, about I'm, the enthusiasm. I'm talking about I'm talking about ticket sales. I'm talking about people coming out. I mean, you're making new specials, so well, you're constantly like that. We're not going like to make a ton of money as barbers. That's going to be a that's going to be a hobby. This is like the band idea is what I'm trying to say. This this barbering thing. Yeah. It's going to be more of a hobby thing or a, or an, an an add on to what you're already doing. It's not going to be. You're not really going to become a barber. Well, I think what I, I would think I would, and what I would do is, is that once I had the license, I'm not going to try and talk you out of your dream. Well, here's what I, here's what I want to do. I want the skill set, right? So mm-hmm. here's the thing. You know, how John Travolta can fly a plane. Yeah, you can fly a plane. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to. Can put in the hours. Learned how. He could own his own little airline if he wanted to. I'd fly Air Travolta. Well, maybe not with him, but okay. So you have this thing that you're known for, and then you can open a shop. And you've already got a little bit of like, oh, my God, Jake and Greg, you know, they, they, they're hilarious. And then you've got a little head of steam because of that. And then you get other people to work there. So it's 15 grand each, okay. roughly, plus, you know, food and gas, you know, because right, we're right, going right. to be taken off and when, when we're not going to be able to do another job because it's 1,500 hours. So 1,500 hours, 1,500 hours yeah. divided by 50, which is... That's two weeks off in a year. Uh-huh. So we're gonna work. We're gonna be working on this fifty weeks. We're gonna be working on it a whole year. <laughs> it's thirty hours a week. We're gonna be spending thirty hours a week for a, for a whole year. Thirty hours a week for a year learning your, your, how to be barbers. Your eyes are huge. 
face I know. you're making. Oh, should I have my camera I out? can't help that. It's, That's a thing that I just do. It's, it's, it's you one did, of my... did. It looked like you tried to explain to me that we both just joined the Marines. Do you know what the I know. fuck we just it's did? It's like a string that I feel like gets pulled from the back of my spine, and it makes my eyes open wider. <laughs> and they don't they don't come out, but it looks a little like they might be coming out, I think. Yeah. Well, see, but, that's so the it's thing. 30-hour weeks. A lot of it's times Amira's plan sounds so good until you realize what they entail, because she makes everything sound so simple. You go to Barber College, you get a van, you drive around, give haircuts, and everybody loves you. But it's like, take a year. That. I'm talking about you're taking a year off of everything else that you're doing. So that's seven club dates for me. <laughs> I have well, to cancel. No, you have a lot more. I have more. I have more club dates, and and also like, how are you gonna? You're not even gonna be able to do a set in town doing working thirty hours a year yeah. a, a week at the barber college for free while you pay them. I mean, and holy cow! But here's the thing. Here's and this the, is what, you, what I'm saying is. We could, what I wanted us to do was just do a sh- work out a show where we do a show, yes. a stage show that includes us giving haircuts at the end. Right. And I feel like we could do that without having to go to barber college because we don't have to charge people for the haircuts. Well, I mean, that is true. There are some hygiene issues that you, you could be liable. I mean, obviously, you really want to have a disclaimer about, like, if you don't like this haircut, you're going to sign this piece of paper that says you're not going to sue me. But then also you got to make sure your equipment is clean. We're going to have to t- have a little tutorial so to make sure we don't s- cut into somebody's scabby head and then go right into somebody else's yeah, scabby head. Yeah, the lice thing. Like the, the, it's, yeah. it's almost like saying, look, we're all going to fly on this airplane. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know how to do it. I've seen a bunch of people do it, and but I'm not going to charge you for the flight. <laughs> I love the image of the pilot turning around and saying, I'm going to try some shit on this landing. I've always wanted to do this. Did you see flight? Remember the thing where he flipped the plane? I have to ask permission. Have you guys ever heard of a loop-de-loop? By the way, uh, for the listener, Jake turns around when he does that. Because I'm trying to does, illustrate he how the pilot's going to... Yeah, that's it. it I feel perfect. Like it, and then yeah. you turn back. I don't know why you don't have a series about you being a pi- uh, pilot. You'd be a great pilot. It I has to be a YouTube am, series. I, I think there's something about me, crew cuts, the military. You know, a bunch of... Uh, a, a whole crew of American Airlines, uh, you know, the pilot, the flight attendants, they all walked... They were walking to... Uh, to the to a flight just mm-hmm. down the concourse and there was just something rad they just the pilots all looked sharp it was like out of a movie but i i got a little i got the chills whenever you see them all strung together like yeah that, you immediately your mind kind of puts them into slow motion reservoir dog yes. style like yeah they're going to do something yeah and they business. all you know they get the big blue jackets on and they were headed down to you know and they're all younger than me at this point but they all seem i almost wanted to stand up and salute like i i still have a reverence for the flight in you know uh, for uh, pilots and uh, mm-hmm. And flight attendants, quite honestly. I mean, they, 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 they can lose that reverence really quickly, you know, once, they, once you deal with them. They can, but for the most part, that is a fucking crazy job. So I, I still want to figure out some way to, like, beat the system on the Barber College. Okay, well, this is, I'm, I'm open to the idea of a documentary of us trying to do Barber College, but I'm not, I don't think I can muster... I don't think I can do the whole. No, I can't so you, do yeah, the conventional barber college thing. I'd have to yeah. do some other version See, of I've, it. I've had such a crazy bad career for the last couple of years that like my days seem open. They're starting to fill up, and like you know, I'm in Australia and I'm doing some stuff. But I, you know, there was a point. There was a point where I was like, I don't know what the next act is. But if I don't pick something and really do it, we're in trouble. And well, I don't think it's barber college because I'm saying, look, you're not going to be able to take a year where you're 
where you're outlawing, outlaying the 15 grand, not earning any money, mm-hmm. and having to be somewhere at 8 in the morning. You have to have to be in Long Beach or downtown at, from 8 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. You're not going to be able to do oh, that. Oh, there's one in Echo Park, too. Well, that's going to be easier than commute-wise, but know, it's but still... the idea of the one where you got to go meet the guys, I mean, that's what, that's what you want. That's the conflict. Like, I mean, we would learn so much culturally by being in that world. Like, just my small trip to the barber shop. That day, I was like, this is a part of the world I don't live in. I don't get to, I mean, I could live in it, but I don't. I don't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just That's just circumstance. And I felt a little unwelcomed at first. I think everyone was surprised. This was your barber experience. Tell, tell that story again a little well, bit. Well, I was so in Orlando, Florida, about- and I, and I, um, Orlando. Yeah. Uh, in Ybor City, in fact. And I was at that's the, that's in Tampa. Uh, is that where I was? Yeah, you were in Tampa. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's all just, you know what it is there. Neat during the day and murder at night. That's all Florida is. Right. But it that's, all, it's Orlando all... is Disney World, so that's not that. Oh, no, that's not and at all. you're thinking about Tampa, Tampa, which is more like Pirate World. Right. And Ybor City is where the pirates actually docked. Yeah. That's where they, and it sort of feels that feel. It's rustic, and then, but there's tattoo shops and there's a lot of hipster mm-hmm. stuff. And when you're there just on that couple of blocks, you're like, oh, this is a pretty neat place. And then the sun goes down and it's transvestites and murder. So it's very, and by the way, if you're from there, I've just stereotyped your. You're, t- t- I've just, I've just, I'm, it's nicer than that. But the point is, it's nice. But there is an element of like, if you get close enough to that person, they might bite you. They, 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 everybody was like, don't turn left when you go out of the club. Turn right. If you turn left, you're fucked. And of course, I got turned around and I went left and I walked for a long time. And then, so you went to a barbershop in that part of town or in a different part of town? Yeah. So well, in a uh, across the tracks, as they say, they, you know, the uh-huh. the the um, one of the waitresses says, oh, you know, the doorman's brother, Cleve, owns a shop. Get a barber. You know, I, you just want to shave, right? I go, yeah, I just want to shave the sides. That's it. I just got to find a place to do it. I didn't care. It could have been a Floyd's. It could have been anything. And they were like, oh, you got to, this is, you go to his shop. So at 10 o'clock in the morning after press, I walk into this barber shop, which is the only thing open in an old destitute mall. Mm-hmm. And it's a room full of, just a room full of black men. And I walk in and the place just gets quiet. It just goes silent. And then the, I swear to God, the TVs went off. And they just looked at uh-huh. me, and then the guy goes, you're the comedian, right? And I said, yes, sir. And then they're like, all right. And then everyone got, went back to talking. Truly, everybody, and the dominoes kept going. And then it was fucking great. Like, I was like, this is life. Like, these people are just, you know, and obviously everyone's going to work or doing whatever, and the guys are cutting hair. But I was like, this is just, culturally, we don't have a lot of that, or I don't. And maybe they're in smaller towns or smaller areas where people come together. But, you know, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. there's no real genuine... I think you're fan. I think you're fantasizing a little bit of how great it's going to be because I think it's a long, it's a long road making making a living at twenty bucks a haircut. You know. Well, like, here's the thing. So, I, I just want to have the skill set, right? Then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to give up any of the other things. Try not to. You know what I mean? Like, see what I. You know, I'm not going to stop writing. You know, it's not. It's going to slow precedence. whatever momentum you feel like you don't have with stand up. At least I think you do have momentum. I think there are places that really like you, but to take a year off is going to be tough. Well, I don't know exactly when I'm going to do it. I have yeah. to figure it out. And also, I, I want to figure out: is there a way through the portal of show business that we can get it done? Mm-hmm. You know, are there places where is you there can a shortcut? The is there a shortcut well, where where I could start giving dangerous haircuts, <laughs> but still be fully licensed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a place where I may, I you know, I could stab you in the neck? Yeah, I still, yeah, I'm still like, I'm still like hopeful that there's some sort of way to do it, or that somebody I, will. I feel like who we really need to talk to is a lawyer because what we need is not barber college. What we need is a legally binding waiver. 
that right. we have people who are about to get a haircut signed. Like, look, you've just been at the you, – you came here to Jake and Greg's barbershop or hang, barber hangout. Right. And, uh, you know, we are not licensed barbers. And so you're taking a chance. Like like skydiving, you sign a thing that says you're taking a chance. Right. It's inherent. Right. These are the things that could happen to you by having a non-licensed person cut your hair. And uh, if you're up for it, great. And well, then you say, would you like to buy a DVD? And if they buy the DVD, then you give them a haircut. If they don't, then you don't. So you're not really charging for the oh, haircuts. You're, you're selling saying. DVDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're selling DVDs. Uh, I like that idea. I mean, I like the idea Or maybe of- it's a cover charge to get into the barbershop. Right. And then, or and then it's free haircuts you once like you get the in Mormons there. You do Mormons do, and you just join a club. Right? Like, they have bars, but there's no cover, but you can go in if you join the drinking club. Mm-hmm. And so you pay a fee to join the club. The so haircut club. club. Yeah, you're in the, the haircut, haircut club. club for men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I do think that, like, if you and I went out, did shows, just did, like, you know, you know, like what Janine and I did. You do do a couple of sets, and then afterwards it's like, this is what we'll I want to be in the bar. That's, that's what I want to do. But here's another thing that you said in uh, in you got to check out Tom Rhodes' radio. His podcast is great. It's on our same network. Yeah. And you were on his podcast. I was on his podcast a while yeah. ago. But this most recent one with you, people should listen to that. Because here's another thing you said. Um, uh, you wanted to co-host on a show as the band leader. That was your dream. Yes. Right? You wanted to be on a talk show where you weren't the host. You were like the co-host, the band leader. Uh, yeah. That, when you said that, and I, this is, I, it, I here's, here's, I want to be the host of that show. I love it. If you love it, I love it. I love it. Here's what we do. We, this is the show. We, did, we figure out where we can put it on in town. We're going to have to conceive it a little bit more. But basically, it's like, a talk, it's like a talk show. You come out, and you're playing while people are sitting down. You're playing stuff with your band. Mm-hmm. And then, then we have the crank it up theme song thing that you jam it out. Right. Then you introduce me. I come out. I do a little monologue. Then we have some banter. Then you come over and sit down with me. Right. And we bring out a guest. And we have a we have like an interview, like a like a podcast and, interview. Right. But we can have a comedian come on and do a little five minute segment. Right. Come over and and sit down. You guys can do a song. We could have another band come on and do a song, or a musician come on and jam with. Will you guys play one of their songs with them? And then at the end, we go okay. Now that's the show. Now we're going to hang out, and people can come up and get haircuts. We can, <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, we can have that- we can have volunteer from the audience talent part segment. I, but here's what we could do: we could shoot, we could do this as a live show and shoot a crappy version of it and put it on the internet. I th- I think I think. I, I the only thing I would change is I'd move the haircut up earlier in the show. I'd put the haircut in the show. I think I think the thing is is that it's 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 it, it's the it's the ultimate barbershop experience where I feel like in host. the televised version yeah. the haircut like we'll do a few haircuts but in the televised version right off the bat you watch it you watch a kind of edited down version of a haircut you know so you're yeah, not yeah, watching yeah, a full so you're not, you're not watch watching a, a 20 minute no, no, no. haircut you're seeing a, this part this part then this right. happened then that happened I also like the idea where and I think Amira said this where she goes you make it really easy you don't let them they don't come in and tell you what they want you have three you offer three haircuts right that's absolutely and they're right. really specific and they're really easy and they're really like you know they're transitional like they're, they you would transition no matter who got the haircut they'd be a slightly different person after that haircut not in a bad way but it's you. It's like you, it's like when someone gets a mohawk, and you go, okay, for a couple of months, you're gonna be, 
different than you used to be. You're going to feel different. Your hair is going to be different, but you're all, and you're going to be saying a different thing to the world, but you're going to get to transition for a little bit, which is fun. And you did it for fun. Now people in show business can much more readily do this than people in regular jobs, but maybe we find a haircut that is exciting. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that you get three haircuts. One of them I think is just barely even a haircut. It's just, you, it's the thing where I, you ever go to one of those places where you feel like you're not getting a haircut at all, but they pull your hair up and then there's just a clickety click, click, mm-hmm. but it's yep. just tiny pieces off that thing. And they put a little gel in your stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Right. Well, here's the thing. You can cut hair. I can cu- I've got the Floby, so I can do I can do several haircuts with that. But it's right. different from a regular barbershop. It's like you can you can come in with some idea, but you're going to have to be in the ballpark of what we're capable of. You right. know what I mean? I'm not promising you some kind of makeover new style or I can't do what's in the magazine. I can do my version of these three haircuts and then you sign up for it. And that's then that's what happens. I love the menu too. And exactly like those Chinese food mes- menus where there's a photo of it, but the photo's sort of been sun it's been in the sun for too long. <laughs> See, I feel <laughs> like this could like- be a really fun night out and a fun thing that we could do here in LA yeah. as a as a like, hey, oh it's the Jake and Craig uh, haircut talk show. It's just Greg and Jake's barbershop. And you just come out and go, what is it? It's a barbershop, it's not I like really that you it's a talk show. The names around when you when you Did said, I, Jake I said Jake and Greg and then you you immediately switch it to Greg I think and Jake. I just have no it's nature fine with me. alphabetical. It's just funny that you do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just by nature. I love that you I love knew right ahead in time. order which of our names came alphabetically first because I had to think is G before J. I'm not but that I quick. Would like even, you, I would even go with well because my my original name for mine was the um, Pompahawk Chop Shop because that's what this hair mm-hmm. is called. Uh, Uncle Sweater's Pump Up Chop Shop, something like that. But then also, um, I mean, Jake's such a great name, and especially in turn in and in proximity to anything tonsorial, barbershoppy. Do you know what I mean? Tonsorial. That's isn't that right? I don't Sartorial, know. Tonsorial, tonsorial, tonsorial is, hairdo. is hairdo. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's nice. What was the word I forgot earlier? Complicit. <sighs> Yes. Yeah, everyone's complicit in that in that in that thing. I was going to say Cisco, but that's not even. A, <laughs> that's not, a word, that's not a word. I mean, it would be good if the first show we got Dave on to give him a haircut and Rose. Absolutely, I feel like Dave is the best first guest for the oh, show be so because unhappy. because we could talk to him and he could complain and uh, if he if he let us give him a haircut or maybe we could have. Who could we get? We could get Brian Posehn to hold him down while we give him a haircut. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We could, uh, uh, you know. I hate to be sucking Brian into a thing that he doesn't want to do. We're all you're sucking. Dave is not going to want to do it. Dave's not going to. Can I tell you something? Dave finally came to see the band play, and he didn't even talk to me afterwards. Like, that's how much his inability to love, but his need to try to. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, oh, God, I'll go. And then he came to the show. I saw him beforehand. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. He's never come to see the band. And then afterward, he was gone. I and he never, like and he, never, he never said a word to me about it. I feel like Dave is capable of love, but he, he does not want you to know that. At all. Yeah. He can't stand it. Yeah. Um, well, I want to come see the band. And I want to get, to, want to get the CD. I mean, and, and then I want us to figure out how the show is going to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bolts of how we could actually do this. We just have to find a good venue, and then we have to figure out. Because the thing is, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about it off air because it'll, it'll get boring when we start going through it. Because I think one of the things is is that it should be, because there's so many different talk shows, it should be about hair. It should be about those particular topics. It should be centered on. It's got to be structured. It's got to be. And, and, this and, is what we're going to talk about. But that's the best way to have. We could have. Mostly it's going to be friends of ours who come on the talk show. Yeah. It's not going to be a celebrity-driven show. It's going to be other comics right. or people who we know who right. are interesting to talk yeah. about. And so the way to have a good conversation with them is to define this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, – and I think if we stay in that world of like 
you know, the shit that's in Esquire magazine, you know, t- you know suits or uh, uh, okay. haircuts and bathroom you know I mean? story. We're going to start with someone tells a story uh, about a first trip off, to the bathroom. Talk, I want to talk, tell us about your best shit and your worst one. That's just the two of them. That's how we start. And then we move on to do you have any religious stereotypes you'd like to talk about? <laughs> Too. But positive, we, yeah. you and I somehow managed to have positive religious stereotypes, right? Uh-huh. We, so we didn't say anything negative. Yeah, no, they're positive religious stereotypes. And then we move into uh, hairstyles, right? Yeah, uh, like and that. also club work. If you had, mm-hmm. if you, what clubs you worked at? How how you got in? Who owns them? Yeah, how much are you getting? I got to change my price. We'll go back through that just a little bit. <laughs> we'll go through that, maybe. Yeah. So. Um, I just what so um, I'm looking at my little list. Tom Rhodes is a uh, a really good comic and a nice guy. He's he a is good a guy. good comic and a nice guy. He would be great on our show, but he you can't give him a haircut because he barely he's got his hair. Isn't it's that crazy? Shaved. It's so short. It looks great though. Do you think he's going to grow it out now that no. he's cut his head open? He's going to have no because there's no place for it. To, it's so far down on his forehead. You it's right above his eyebrow. Yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah. Yeah, he'd look. I, here's what I like about Rhodes. He could get a uh, one of those mustaches and glue it over there like a weird eye, renegade eyebrow. He could. <laughs> he could. He could also wear an eye patch. Mm. He, um, you know what? He'd actually look good with an eye patch. If Rhodes could. could if anyone an could pull it off, it'd be Rhodes. Here's the thing about Rhodes. He, Tom Rhodes, if you if, if, used to have hair, he used to have all of the hair, and he looked uh, a bit. It was a sort of a Kenny G. Way better looking. If Kenny G was super handsome, but it had that sort of curl, it had that sort of frizzy. It was long it. and curly, and, and he curly, and like really long. Cool, he had a kind of a rock star vibe. He did very laid yeah. back. Yeah, like he could have easily been one of the Black Crows. Him and Mitch Hedberg could have easily just jumped onto the Black Crows tour bus, and nobody would have noticed him for days. Sort of, but I feel like Tom's personality had a hipper. Hipper kind of, yes. a, you know, like he went, I heard him on another podcast and he was talking about starting a funk band mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, he would be, a, he looks like a hippie, but he'd be playing in a funk band. Yeah. Could, I he, think when he right. calls somebody a cat, you're like, it's okay for him. Yeah. To call he does a little, a yeah. He's got a little bit of that swagger. Yeah. 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 He could have been, you're right. He could have been in wild cherry. <laughs> he, so he, um, but then he started to lose his hair. This is what I love about him. I, this is why I talked about it. And then, so he just cut it. It, he did the exact right thing. He did the Bruce Willis thing. He took it right down to the top of his head. He shortened it. He cut his losses is what it is. And so the hair that he ha- does have is sort of dense and on the top of his head, and it's very handsome. You can't fight and he it. Doesn't, and he, but he didn't at all. He didn't. For a while, that was his. He was Tom Rhodes, the guy with the long hair. You know what I mean? In, in the world of comedy, he sort of was. Well, as you get older, your choices go down of who you can be. Mm-hmm. It just in in every kind of way. You know, when right. you're young, you could go to college and become a doctor. But when you, you get to be 50 years old, I'm not going to college to become a doctor. I don't right. even think I'm going to college to become a barber. Well, that's, that's you know, I may split. I well, may, I mean, I'm sort I may of figure down out a way to, to do it. the things that I can do are other versions of this, you yes. know, of, of being on a podcast, talking to strangers or doing stand up in a club. It's other versions of that. Host the morning radio show. Those are things that I could do. Yes. So your limitations go down and then. Appearance-wise, you know, you can be the young heartthrob when you're young. You can be some different version of that. But then you get to a certain age. It's like, geez, my hair isn't bright or I've got a gut. I can't wear my spandex jumpsuit thing that I used to like to wear. I got to kind of – I got to go with it. You got to go with it. As yeah, you, you do. Open, because you because they're going to they're gonna wheel in the next guy, by the way. Not your fault. But there's a guy with tinier pores that they're going to wheel in. They got to start they, – they got to start building another franchise on another guy. So when Brad Pitt begins to age out – and, you know, those guys start to age out. Then you start seeing, you know, oh, they're going to really try to put Chris, what's his name? The kid that played in Star Trek, Chris Penn. 
Uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, but you know what I mean? They try, not Chris Penn. Chris Penn is Sean Penn's dead brother. I mean, I just brought this show to a halt. Somebody's dead brother. You had to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Penn. Well, anyway, that's the way show business works. They're always looking for the younger looking version of you. But what they can't take is you they they you are you you just kind of go with it and become more yeah. you as you get older and if people are not into that well hopefully there's enough that we can just do our own little thing yeah and survive ourselves you were talking though about uh, in this other podcast that yeah. i keep referring to yeah. you were talking about movies and how you can't blame the studio for wanting to make this big budget thing because they're just trying to turn a profit for the people who own them you know, yeah. the other people right. who own them. Like, we're just trying to turn a profit for the pe- people who own us. Like, I'm just trying to turn a profit for the people who own me. Who owns me? I own me. Right. I'm trying to turn a profit for me. I own me. But once you own yourself, once it's just down to just us, once right. it's down small like that, you know, we've got a lot more freedom, really, is what we have. because 100%. Because we own ourselves. And so how much profit do we need to turn for us? That's right. 100%. And... And if your vision is huge, you're going to have to figure out a way to do it. And that takes money. And that's the thing I think people forget is that somebody – like think about you. Think about if a guy walked up to you on the block and said, look, I'm making this thing. It's a movie about a dude and he's a bat and he lives in a thing. And I need I need, I need, need $5,000 from you. And you're like, that sounds ridiculous. I mean to, just to get the money to make Walter Mitty say or one of those things. Like that's – you know, an unguaranteed thing about a guy who fantasizes, but then he's also an introvert. You know, like, it's so it's difficult to get that stuff made because the person who's giving you the money is like, I want some return on this because I'm giving you money, as any person investing any money in anything would. So you give into the thing already. So the more control you have, the better off you are, and and needing less, right? Yeah, yeah. But but also it's it's like I was trying. There was some way that I was trying to put that on to in terms of your stand up. You know, you're not oh, you're yeah. not altering your stand up act in order to make it more profitable. You no, know, sometimes that's no. the, that's I the tricky saying. thing that it gets to with with stand up or with the podcast. You know, I would love it if more people were listening to the podcast, but I'm not trying to do something with the podcast to get more people to listen to it because then I don't even know what I'm doing. All right. I can do all I can do is what I think is fun or right. interesting and then hopefully the people who are listening to it will tell other people you should listen to this. Yes. There are yes, a hundred percent. Or like, you should go watch this. Or you should get your haircut by this. Yes. <laughs> Please. No, it's funny. You know, so we put out this book and then my wife and I put out a book this summer and then we were on Oprah and uh, we did a Total Life class and it aired. And, and how then, was how was the, that uh, oh, the, it was great. going on that Oprah? It was a blast. It was a blast. The thing about Oprah is, you know, I think I've said this to a few people, but when you are in the room with her, she's she's one of us. She's not a comedian, but she's in show business, and she knows how to do show business. Like she's a, just a TV personality who's become something of a deity and a power. You know, she's a very powerful, smart woman, but she started hosting a TV show. But she ha- she has this feeling. I've never been in a room with her, but I have been in. I did years ago. I did this charity basketball thing where Tom Cruise and I was close to him and had little conversations about this basketball game kind of thing was just close and he gives off this vibe where it's like you're in the room with this entity of oh 
Yeah. And that's what I sense about Oprah. And what's amazing is that when she's talking to people on the show, that it's not about that. It's about a human. It seems like she... What is it like when you're in a room with her? Do you feel that vibe of that aura of Here's that a, so, so I've, been, I've been in a room with both people. I, I did a night. I did. I was cut out of, but I was in Jerry Maguire. So I spent a night shooting a scene with Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Jr. Right, mm-hmm. years ago. I'm in the deleted scenes in the 10th year anniversary one or whatever. But so he has that exactly what you're talking about, 100%. Oprah came down for rehearsal. No makeup. No anything. Just... She was wearing, you know, like pajamas or sweat, you know what I mean? Like something like thing. And she just sat down on the chair and she looked at the script and then she patted me on the, you know, on the knee. How are you? Good to see you. Amir, you look great. Blah, blah, blah. She starts reading stuff. I start saying things. She starts laughing. Like she's just in show business. She's just one of us. Like I, mm-hmm. I it was different. And the other times I've been on her show, I only saw her on, we, there was no rehearsal. You just went and then she came out and you were uh-huh. just go, go, go. You'd been prepared, but you didn't talk to her until on the set and then she'd go. You know, so I didn't really spend any time with her, but this time she, we hung out with her for like a half hour before the show and she's just there, you know, she's just, that's you know, awesome. she doesn't pretend to know everything. She, you know, she said, I read the book, but I don't, you know what I mean? Like she was just, it was, and then she, I think it's like, better when you're the host to pretend like you don't know you, 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 you tell me. Yes, exactly. Me. And then she, the other thing was she does that. You ever been on like, you know, the difference between a good morning radio show and a bad morning radio show. You go on the good ones. I thought that was a joke for a second. No, what is the difference between a good But you know, as a comic, you go on, and the guys laugh. They laugh at you. Right. They support they, you. They're, yeah. they're like, you know what, man? Thank you, because I got, I got to do this for the rest of the week. And Jake's here, and it's going to be... Like, they're psyched. They're like, Jake's here. We got Jake, and then you say something, and they fall out immediately. Oprah's the same way. Just mm-hmm. gateway to... I don't need... I'm the king. I'm already... Mm-hmm. I already own the thing. So she just lets you... She just lets you do whatever, and she laughs. She's fucking support. 100% support if she likes you. I've heard if she doesn't like you, she will let you hang yourself. Yeah, well, I yeah. Fair's fair. Yeah. If she, you're an unlikable person, I yeah. prob- probably Oprah likes a lot of people because she you can't you can't have that job and not like people. Yeah. So you have to be Yeah. You have but to be sometimes out she'll be on at the show and she'll feel like the guest is full of shit or not doing what they said they were gonna do, and she'll be like she'll just they the, her tells are she sits back. She never picks the book up again, or whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And she, and then you can just. And now that I now that I know, I'm like, oh, you know, I've seen a few people on there were like, oh, she does not like Tatum O'Neill. <laughs> is that She's a true bi- example, or was yeah, that just she, an Tatum O'Neill came on with her biography, and Oprah just slid back and went, "This woman may even be high, Here's some but rope. she's getting nothing from me." And then also like calling her out on something like saying, well, that's absurd. Like she said, Tatum O'Neill at one point said, "I think I'm closer to my kids now that I have a restraining order." And it was something along those lines, or because I, or because I don't have full custody. So when I see him, it's really great. And Oprah's like, "That can't, you can't possibly have a better relationship with people you see less." <laughs> you know, like, well, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like your children, whatever. Mm, yes, yeah. absolutely. But anyway, point with being is, we went on the show. The book spiked up, but it didn't stay up like the last one because, quite honestly, it's a great book, but it's not as good as the other one. Certain things, you know. They have to get even well, when they or, get. I mean, you, you're kind of, you're kind of. I feel like that's you're trying to go inside the mind of a lot of people and figure. Maybe not, or or maybe it just is not a book that's for as many people as the last book was for. Maybe, Possibly, maybe it's a good book, but it's just as good of a book, but it's got a smaller audience. But I think to what you're saying, it's like even when it's put in front of people, something. If something, I do believe a lot of times with hard work, the cream rises to the top. 
I think that's true, but but it's also and this is the thing to to talk about to go back to circle back around to what got you onto this, which is which is what I think we're talking about is there's a difference between making your art or your show mm-hmm. and promoting it or selling it or right. getting it out there, and so I like to think that there's a lot of people who would like coming to see my stand up show who are not coming because they don't they don't know that i'm good you know people come all the time up to me after the show and will say i didn't even know who you were and this was awesome you know yeah i'm gonna get on your mailing list and buy one of your dvds and now they're now they're on board you know you're bringing them on board but it's like how do you recruit more of those people and certainly going on oprah is one of those things but it has to yes. it has to kind of get a momentum of having people telling other people about right. it to to really take off. Like there's people now, there's people who are listening to this or listening to your great podcast walking the room and they're not telling other people. You got to tell other people. If you find something that you like, you need to tell other people about it and that helps to sustain it. You don't have to send me money. You don't have to do a PayPal thing or I mean it'd be great if you bought a DVD or a CD but if you just tell other people yeah that's the and thing then come to yeah, shows every it. once in a while and they'll come to shows every once in a while yeah. it builds a little momentum but I'm not talking about <laughs> fake people like I heard this thing about you go into a meeting to pitch something to a network or to talk to your talk about a new agent that might want to represent you and they go see how many Twitter followers you are it's like have it doesn't matter how many twitter followers i have it matters how many twitter followers i have who actually want to come to a show or get a new cd or well really support me and so it's like i'm not trying to just pump up my numbers by some bullshit i'm just i'm trying to find other people who like me i'm i'm i want to be on that end of the spectrum of i'm nice to people they're nice to me you paid for a good time let's have a good time we're the nice people let's all get together the other thing and i've learned this too is that it just is an era at a certain level of show business, especially as comics, you do need to engage. And I I have a Facebook page. It's got like 8,000 people on it. And I I post on there all the time. I post on there all the time. Four likes, five likes, blah, blah, blah. One day, because I'll put links. You know, here's the book. Here's the thing. Here's my mm-hmm. dates. Blah, blah, blah. One day, I just wrote, hello. Nothing. No link. No nothing. 2,000 likes. A hundred and something responses. So then I wrote, if I knew you guys were going to talk to me, I would have done this three years ago. What is the deal? Do you guys want to talk about stuff? Because we can talk about stuff on I here. I see. That's what I want to do. I have a few people who will say things and I back to me. And then sometimes I worry, like, it's been too long since I said the thing that they're responding to. I want to respond back to them or they'll say something nice, but it's been a while since the, they're saying the nice thing about right. the thing I'm responding to. But you're right. Maybe it just needs to be just, hey, I, you. everybody can watch me interact with this guy yeah. or everybody can have an interaction with me. And that's what I'm doing. Right. Because I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm sort of tired of the I'm trying to prove to you that I'm funny, but I... I if I yes. have a funny thing, I'll do it on Twitter. But I'm not going to set my clock and do twelve. I don't either. My Twitter feed is my, yeah. My Twitter feed is 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 uh, you know a uh, um, funny thing. Photograph. Check out the band. Retweet. Here's a video I like. It's just a fucking mishmash of the shit that goes through my head on a daily basis. I love the Instagram. It's my favorite of the things. But I realize over on the thing, like sometimes they just want to be talked to. They just want to you. It's like a human being. It's like, oh, you didn't say hi. Just say hi. And then I said, if Amir and I were going to write another book, you know, where where would you like to see us go with this part of our career? Three hundred like people just. I was like, why haven't I been doing this? Because I've been trying to show them that I'm in show business by putting all this shit up. And it's like, they right. know I make content. 
you know? And they want to know it every once in a while. Hey, did your record come out? But if you're not doing something... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing the hello or talking. You yeah. Know, because you're right. People do, if you ask a question, yeah. people love to respond to your question. The walking in the room one was always that way. People couldn't stop posting weird videos and, and saying things because Dave and I seemed so accessible and we were so weird. And it was, such a, it was a place for people to bring their own strangeness and their own fucked upness. And so it was always hot. That page was always hot. And I tried to recreate it on my other one. But then I was like, those are different fans. A lot of them are girls that read your book. Why don't you ask them about that stuff? Why don't you think about what you're doing mm-hmm. as opposed to worrying about how people are, you know, how you're going to get something from uh-huh, them, uh-huh. you know? And on the Monarchs page, I'm like, should I get this pedal? What do you think about this guitar pedal? It's less active, but at least I'm talking to the people that are there about something they, if they like the Monarchs, they like guitars. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They'll probably like equipment, you know, and I yeah, do. Yeah. And I want to talk about it. And I want to ask people where I can get things. I, how, who's going to teach me how to sew? Who's a barber on here? Should I go to Barbara? You know what I mean? You realize you have access to all that stuff. Well, I have a gear question that I want to ask you that I can ask you then when we're done. But, uh, but yeah. I, I want to, I, what I want to be able to do is use this rig that we're talking through, have it hook up to a PA, like a, I want to get a speaker amp that I could just hook this into. So if we were having this conversation in a room where 150 people, they'd be able to hear us, and I'd also have the recording. And then I'd also like to be able to use that thing at home for my daughter's singing, and she wants to have a little speaker to sing into. And so uh, I want to, uh, but I want, but I want to be able to to do some kind of live version of the podcast on a spontaneous. Um, kind you, of just basis. Run, you just run through an amplifier. Yeah, well, that's what I need is to get some get little small, some little speaker little fender, right? Yeah, and then you can also use for guitar, and she can mm-hmm. sing through it. It'll sound okay. It'll be like, you know, what it'll be like when you go to do a college. Uh huh. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good enough. That's good enough because the idea is you're just trying to have the little audience. If there's 50 people there yeah. and you're doing it at, yeah. at a little place or whatever, okay. Well. um... I feel like we had the conversation that I drove out here to have. Yeah, yeah, about the about the barbering. I'm the barber still, on, I, I still am gonna. I'm still undaunted because I also. No, I'm not don't trying know. to discourage you from no, barber but, school, but and I, I'm not trying to discourage. No, but it is. No, but that was good to know because in my mind it was something that was like three months long, doable. I had this vision of it being three months long and starting in like October and being done in January of the next year, but it's a it's a much more involved process. However, I want to figure out how to skin that cat because I still think that would be a cool thing to be able to do. But I also like our barber show. Yeah, I think we should proceed with the barber show as yeah. planned. Right. And then, we can also bring in a real barber because you and I got hosting and guitar playing to do too. Well, that's also a great idea. We have a real barber yeah. who's cutting hair. We get a volunteer from the audience who's getting a haircut during the show. Yeah, and we show them the haircuts. It's and our then, shop. And then, uh, and then we say, well, we'll cut a hair at the end. Yeah. See, I feel like we came up with a good... Yeah, no one's doing it. We need to kind of work out the show flow of this thing. But I'm seeing it. I'm see, it's like an hour show. Maybe it's 90 minutes that we do on stage and people come to and, and, they, and we all have a good time. Yeah, yeah, Nobody yeah. gets hurt. I, we, but we do need to get one of those jars with the blue water and the combs in it. Yeah, just to have it. Just yeah. to have that. Yeah. I do, yeah, my understanding of reading up on this barber college, why you have to get a license is there's a lot of hygiene and safety issues that you need to be aware of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's a test. Do you realize you have to take a test to get this license? It's not like you just go to barber college and they give you the diploma. So you don't think it's more like becoming a lawyer. You go to barber school to learn all this stuff, and then you actually have to take a test to get the license. Well, I bet there's medical stuff, too. You probably have to learn what you do if you slit someone's jugular. 
<laughs> well, now we're down to my favorite podcast conversation again, where it's two guys who don't know anything, just <laughs> speculating about it. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're doing you a straight razor, you probably have to know right? how to fix a bad cut so you could wound somebody. Right. Yeah. What, what do you do with the year once it comes? Do you put it immediately on ice? That's like, got to be an intense day of barber college. That first day where you go, okay, I'm going to shave a guy with a straight razor. Holy, what kind of fearless homeless guy is going to let you shave him Although, for the first time with you, a straight razor? But you know what I realized? Uh, when I go to get tattooed, um, a razor is nothing more than a straight razor, just pointed downward, right? They'll just fucking whisk a razor right along. They'll just shave you, right? just dry. Just shave it right off. And then you realize it's just about the angle and what you're doing with the sharp blade. They'll break a brand new blade out and shave all my arm hair off so uh-huh. they can put the tattoo on. And... That's probably the same thing. It's like you just, you know what I mean? You're not cutting down. You're just cutting out. You're sliding. You're just sliding out. Right, but that raise, you're sliding across the top, but at any point that thing hits something well, and you know digs it in. It's, 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 it's like you ever catch it's an when, edge well, while you're, you're skiing yeah, or you're snowboarding? Grandpa, like when you're cutting somebody's wobbles under there. Right. right. Well, I keep thinking that I'm just cat- cutting Matthew McConaughey's tight, skinny jaw, and it's just... <laughs> no, imagine you're shaving your grandpa's balls. Oh. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We got to go out on that one. <laughs> that's, that's it. I'm sorry that I made you imagine that, America. <laughs> and parts of the Pacific Rim, and parts I believe. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. You said Rim. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You listened to the whole show. I listened to the whole show just now, too. And uh, I have to say, uh, either I know what I'm doing or I don't know what I'm doing. I, don't, I can't always decide sometimes when I listen to these, but I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you enjoyed that conversation, and I hope you'll come out to the uh, Barbershop show. I hope you listen to Tom Rhodes' podcast, and I uh, hope you'll check out gregbarrent.com. Go see his live dates. Buy a cd of his band the reigning monarchs buy a copy of his book the um it's just a fucking date that's his latest book that he wrote with his wife amir uh that he talked about being on oprah about and uh, tonsorial we learned another new word this week how about that tonsorial has to do with hair has to do with hairdressing i think it's hairdressing actually or barbering or barbering ladies and gentlemen until i talk to you again Please try and make a profit for the people who own you. And also, try and own yourself a little bit. And also, don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Hey, um, this is a fun. This was a fun week. Next week, I'm going to be talking to my friend Alan Havey. I already had that. I can say that I know that that's what I'm going to do because I already did it. And I'm just uh, getting ready to put that into the machine of the pipe to make it possible for you to download it and then listen to it while you're at work, you naughty little sausages. Um, that's the thing my wife says. I've never really said naughty naughty little sausage, but I thought I would say it. It sounds, I think you have to be a lady almost to say it, do you? Maybe I said, Maybe I pulled it off. I don't know. I don't really care. I'm at an age where I don't really care if I pulled it off. I tried, and that's enough for me. That should be enough for all of us. I mean, try hard. You don't want to half-ass it. You want to actually give it. I feel like I gave that a full try. I feel like that's the way you are meant to say, you naughty little sausage. But anyway, if you're listening at work, congratulations. I think you got away with it. And if you're on the treadmill, I'm sorry, but this was a big workout day, so you might want to take it easy tomorrow. If you're sore, drink plenty of water. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
thinking another Jake Thiessen? Yeah. 